10 units of active insulin on board recently delivered in a bolus. Current blood sugar is at 50 milligrams per deciliter with double arrows down on a CGM. This is a real situation, scary situation. And if you're someone who's living with type 1 diabetes like myself, this situation could mean you are moments away from calling 911. Now, in today's story, I do want to walk you through that real example that happened. The two paths that you can take in that moment to help get out of that situation, but more importantly, what you can do to avoid that situation in the first place. Before we jump into our story, if you don't know who I am, my name is Matt Vandevecht. I am a certified master fitness trainer and nutritionist. I do live with type 1 diabetes. I share my stories on here in hopes that you can pull some lessons learned from them and avoid these scary mistakes like myself. And before we get into it, we're going to jump into our theme song and then we'll hop into the story. I've spent the last 10 years pushing the limits while identifying trends and patterns in my type 1 diabetes management. Follow along as I learn, apply, and share the fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle strategies that I've learned from diabetes experts around the world. The real question is, how can we live fearlessly with diabetes while maintaining stable blood sugars? This podcast is here to give you the answer. My name is Matt Vandevecht, head coach and co-founder of FTF Warrior, and welcome to Part of My Pancreas. All right, so in this very real and very scary story, 10 units of active insulin on board, that's going to be different for a lot of people in here, right? For some people, 10 units is a ton of insulin. For other clients that I've had, 10 units is nothing. That's a snack, right? So, of course, uh, in this example, what I wanted to share is that 10 units is perceived as a lot. That is a, a very real threat when your current blood sugars are trending down rapidly, right? 50 milligrams per deciliter, double arrows down can be a scary place to be in, especially if that bolus was delivered recently. Now, the circumstances surrounding this story can vary. It could be from exercise that a low was, uh, you know, the result of exercise plus insulin on board. It could also be that the pre-bolus was too long. Maybe the bolus was delivered for a meal and then the meal didn't show up like at a restaurant, right? But the circumstances don't matter as much as the metrics behind them right? 50 double arrows down, 10 units of active insulin on board. The potential threat is there. And this is a very real scenario that a lot of people have found themselves in at one time or another when living with type 1 diabetes. Now, this story actually is not mine, rather a friend of mine who had delivered his insulin, uh, decided to eat his meal and the insulin ended up hitting before the food did. Now, this is a common mistake that people make who are unaware of the timelines of their variables, right? Timeline of insulin, timeline of different glycemic load versus glycemic index foods. But all of that aside, I want you to understand there's two different paths you can take in any given situation with diabetes. The first path that this friend chose, uh, smartly, I may add, was to take action. Uh, double arrows down at 50 is no joke. Add 10 units of active insulin on board on the back of that that's a scary situation. That is a hospital trip waiting to happen, right? So this individual, uh, he is okay. He made it out of that situation, chugged a bunch of juice, <laughs> shot his blood sugars up real high, you know, back into a, a safety net kind of a place. Uh, but the other option, and this is only for the experts out there like myself, is to do nothing given the situation calls for no action. And you might be thinking, at what point would a rapidly dropping blood sugar and insulin on board yield a decision of no action? <laughs> the, re answer, the real answer is very rarely. Uh, a situation that I actually did find myself in uh, a couple of years ago, actually, was I had recently delivered a bolus, 
somewhere around the same amount, probably eight, nine units for dinner and uh, had already finished my dinner. I had a single arrow down at 69 and that blood sugar, while it's a little scary, right, to see it, I pulled a couple pieces of information that allowed me to see that there was no action needed. Now, those uh, data points, as I call them, because I'm a very analytical person, I like to assess my blood sugars and analyze what happened so I can keep better control over everything. It's exactly why we teach the 80-20 blood sugar formula to my clients, right? Uh, it's how you predict blood sugars that are more stable. But the data points that I had seen were that that arrow down wasn't a true arrow down. In fact, my CGM, I watched the trend line, and it was only showing that blood sugars were changing by two milligrams per deciliter per five minutes. For my CGM users, you probably know that means it's not actually an arrow down. It's the CGM catching up with what the next reading is going to be. And so I chose not to take action because the curve of my trending line actually was not threatening. It actually looked like it was going to be stabilizing and potentially going back up. And indeed, that is what happened. And I was able to trust that because of my formula, I can predict these things as they happen. I knew my pre-bolus was just a little bit too strong, a little bit too long, really. And uh, as a result, I knew my food was still digesting and it was going to kick my blood sugars back up. Sure enough, balanced up to 100, stabilized right there. And the other side of that, of course, is trusting in your formula and knowing what's going to happen. To have that level of certainty, you, you really got to do your homework beforehand. You can't just guess and ballpark it and then pretend that you're certain in the outcome with the blood sugar. It doesn't work that way. Uh, I had calculated my carbs to the individual gram. I knew my insulin to carb ratio was precise because of previous testing, right? Like all these different variables came into play. So the less guesswork that's required, the more certain you can be of the actions that must be taken or not taken, right? So in this example, I knew blood sugars would stabilize. The next reading after arrow down at 69 for me was an arrow slanted down at 72. And you might be asking yourself, wait a second, how does that work? It still says it's going down, but it's going up. It's the CGM catching up, right? Sometimes these devices do lag. They're not perfect and they are not real time. Oftentimes these CGMs are anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes behind the actual blood sugar. So in that moment, what I also could have done just to give myself a little extra safety and a little extra sense of security is I could have done a finger stick, which likely would have shown something in the 90s, right? Falling blood sugar, stable at 75, and it proceeded to go back up. So that's not something I recommend. This is not medical advice by any stretch. This is me sharing what I saw, what worked for me. But I wanted to give you two examples. One, where action was absolutely necessary. He, my friend, who was in a dangerous position, uh, you know, that much insulin and that low of a rapidly dropping blood sugar, forget anything your doctor told you, you got to get out of that zone, right? <laughs> that is the danger zone. But two, uh, in the other example I gave, my personal example, there are times where you know better than what the data shows because you can see the surrounding circumstances, right? You can see the context of the situation. So in my context, I knew it wasn't truly rapidly dropping. It was actually slowing down and stabilizing uh, the, the blood sugar trajectory, right? I also knew my food was digesting. So all of that insulin on board was going to be matched up with the food that I had consumed. I measured everything out. I'm very confident in my uh, precise insulin dosing. So I knew nothing was, was going to happen. I knew I was fine. And of course, I had sugar nearby just in case 
I had made some kind of a miscalculation somewhere because believe it or not, that does happen. However, in that example, everything worked out. I even took a screenshot many years ago, put it on social media because I wanted people to see that not every situation should be treated the same, right? There are circumstances that call for us to think differently. So hopefully that was helpful. Um, I actually had a second piece of this. So you're getting two episodes in one today. <laughs> the second part of this is actually a lesson that I learned from my dad and, and how we can avoid these situations in the first place, right? Avoid being in a spot where you've got tons of extra active insulin on board and maybe a rapid drop because that's not something that most of us want to see unless you're already experiencing a hyperglycemia and a high blood sugar, right? So if you want to avoid these circumstances, what can we do? outside of restricting our quality of life, outside of saying no to carbs, no to fun, no to adventure, no to family. That's not the life that we want to live, right? Especially us as warriors. Like we, we fight this thing every day so that we can have a better quality of life, both healthy and happy. Those are important. So this lesson that I had learned from my dad many years ago actually came from a house project. My dad's a real do-it-yourself do guy, DIY kind of guy, right? Where instead of paying the plumber, he just learned how to do it himself. Instead of paying the mechanic, he just learned how to fix his own car. And uh, same thing applied to carpentry. We redid the whole backyard, retaining walls, uh, jumped up in the eaves, the attic, the house. <laughs> like So many things at my parents' property is myself and my dad. Let's be real. Mostly my dad. My dad is my hero and he can fix anything, uh, which is actually fun because he's actually a medical professional as well and still is very handy. See, he's got he's the Renaissance man. right? He's got everything. Uh, handsome dude, too. Thanks, dad, for the jeans. Appreciate it. <laughs> and so this lesson that he was teaching me in this, uh, this carpentry mode that we were in, uh, we were, we're cutting some boards to make a structure. And uh, as we we're cutting two by fours and plywood and all this, I'm just kind of eyeballing it. You know, I got a skill saw in one hand and just, just kind of sawing through the wood. And uh, I had messed up one of my cuts. And the, the issue is that I had the pencil. I drew the line where I was supposed to cut and I cut just on the inside of it. And uh, I thought that's where it was supposed to go. However, we took it back to the structure, getting ready to screw things into place. It was too short. My dad was like, what happened? I thought you measured it. And I was like, I did. I measured it. I used the pencil to mark where I was supposed to cut it. I cut exactly where it's supposed to, and it didn't work. And he was like, ah, Matt, measure twice, cut once. Measure twice, cut once. He says, what happens if you make the cut too short and you go back to the drawing board? Can you use that piece of wood anymore? I said, shoot. No, we got to toss it or throw it in a scrap pile, right? This wood is now useless because I cut it too short. You can't make the wood longer once you've cut it. And so he, he taught me this lesson that has come to be one of the most fruitful lessons I have learned in my life. Measure twice, cut once. Be precise before you take an action that cannot be undone, right? And so this lesson that I have learned, I've applied it to many things, especially in my diabetes management. Uh, there is no Quick guess, random toss food in a pile, and I think that's about 100 carbs. We'll see. That's not how I operate unless there is zero opportunity for measuring. If I'm at home, it's food scales, it's measuring cups, it's tablespoons. We're getting a precise measurement because I expect precise control, and I want to have blood sugars that don't bother me, right? I don't want the highs and lows later on because I guessed. I'm going to take the extra 30 seconds it takes to measure my food, and then voila, perfect blood sugars. Right. And of course, there's more to it than just that. But this lesson I wanted to share with you because it applies directly to 
the situations we heard about earlier, both my situation and my friend who had rapid dropping blood sugars with a lot of active insulin on board. And in these lessons, we came to a place where you had one of two options, take action or don't take action, right? Most of the time you're going to want to take action. Let's just, if we had to default to one of them, that's what I would recommend. But with this measure twice, cut once kind of a mindset here uh, and how we apply this to a decision-making framework with insulin, once you deliver insulin, you can't take it back, right? You can't undeliver insulin. Once it's in you, it's in you, <laughs> right? You can't stop it from circulating. Once you've hit that bolus button and it's completed the bolus, if you're on an insulin pump, or if you've given the shot, if you're on shots, right? MDI or multiple daily injections, you can't take that back. So instead of measuring once and injecting, you want to measure twice and inject, right? Measure twice, cut once, you get the idea of the crossover here. And so with insulin amounts, that's what you want to be taking into consideration. There should not be a rush as you're delivering insulin. I don't care if everything else is chaos around you, just take 10 seconds to think through it twice and say, okay, do I need eight units or nine? Like, which one is it? Because once it's in there, you can't take it back. Now, a couple months ago, we actually shared a framework, uh, the six different ways that you can deliver bolus insulin. I'll give you a couple. There's the standard bolus, the pre-bolus where you take it early. There's the post-bolus where you take it afterwards. Believe it or not, that is a strategy that I use to keep blood sugars in range. That's just, that's not just uh, the irresponsible way of doing food, like where you eat first and bolus later. There are situations where that's helpful. So there's three, there's three more. Uh, we shared that in the Renegade Warriors newsletter. If you're not part of that yet, probably because you haven't heard of it, right? Because <laughs> it's the most amazing resource out there for type one diabetics. Uh, it's actually a physical newsletter that we ship out once a month. It has all the strategies, the experiments that I'm currently running, updated research. Uh, in fact, this next month, we're gonna be dropping a checklist that I use anytime blood sugars do go high, right? And it's a very long checklist of everything that could go wrong so I can identify what went wrong and then fix the right thing. You know, how many times do you uh, go high, you think you messed up your carb count, so you give more insulin, more insulin, more insulin, and then you find out hours later, it was your site that had the issue, right? Well, now it's going to take five hours to bring back down that blood sugar. So this checklist is actually what I use to get my blood sugars back into range after some kind of crazy high blood sugar. Anytime I go out of range, really, I've got checklists for everything, but we're actually going to be giving that away for free to everybody who signs up for the Renegade Warriors newsletter uh, this month. And it's going out for our, our subscribers. They all get stuff like this, resources, master classes, webinars. We just give them free things every month as like a thank you for being part of our community. Uh, so if you're not part of that yet, you do want to go check that out ASAP because you're getting access to the checklist, but also last month's master class absolutely for free. So that's already a killer killer info that you guys are going to need to get your blood sugars in check. Uh, you can find that at renegadenewsletter.com. Like I said, it's a it's a printed newsletter. It shows up on your doorstep. We write it every month. It's, uh, it's a ton of fun. Anyways, renegadenewsletter.com. Do not miss out on this next month. It's going to be killer. But back to the lesson. As we're looking at, you know, what choices do we have? The measure twice, cut once. I know I mentioned the amount of insulin. Once you give it, you can't take it back. Right. So if you're going to be uh, worried that maybe this is too much insulin, maybe and just this isn't medical advice. It's just me talking about what I have done in the past. 
maybe I don't deliver all of the insulin at first. Maybe I take part of the dose, see how things end up. Oh, now I can add it in now that I know I'm safe. I'll tell you, this has come particularly handy in my triathlon training. Just saying, activity can throw you off a little bit. Sometimes it's helpful to not go 100% in on your insulin because sometimes your insulin needs change, right? All right, that's enough for uh, borderline medical advice. It's not, that's just my own thoughts, my own strategies. But I did talk about the pre-bolus and I wanna bring that up as well. So the amount of insulin, can't take it back. Measure twice, cut once, right? But with the timing of your insulin, pre-bolus, you can't take that back either, right? If I've waited, 20 minutes where I bolus my, my insulin and I wait 20 minutes and then start eating my food. If at that point, like in our examples earlier, if at that point I'm going low, well, shoot, what am I supposed to do? Right? You can't wait less. You can only wait more. And so as you're planning out your pre-bolus, if you had to pick one and err on the side of caution, you might want to aim for a little bit under versus over. Because if you're over, and this is assuming blood sugars are perfect, you know, if you're high, you might want to wait a little longer. Uh, again, not medical advice. Just do your own thing. Don't do what I say. I'm just some dude on the internet, right? But if I'm looking at my pre-bolus and I'm worried that I might go low, I'm thinking to myself, okay, if I wait too long, I can't take that back. I can't wait less time. So I'm going to measure twice, cut once, right? If I wait too short and I start eating my food and I'm noticing that it's spiking, what can I do? Add more time. Huh, look at that. So if I don't wait long enough, I can always add more time. I can always, as undesirable as this sounds, I can always stop eating and just pause, right? Sit back, enjoy some conversation, text my friends read a book. I don't know, but I can always add more time just like I can always add more insulin. But once that insulin goes in, can't take it back. Once that pre-bolus has been completed, can't wait less, right? These are just food for thought. I want you guys to consider these things. Think differently. This is exactly what I tell everybody in the Renegade Warriors newsletter. This is why it's actually called the Renegade Warrior. Like we're all warriors, right? That's why I wear this shirt but we're renegades because we think differently. We're done with just surviving with diabetes. We're here to thrive with our diabetes, right? And if you're somebody who wants to thrive, it's going to require that you think differently about your diabetes. It's not just carbs that need insulin. It's also proteins and fats. It's not uh, just running that impacts blood sugars. It's also weightlifting, stressful situations, lack of sleep. You have to think differently if you want to get to the next level. So again, if you haven't gotten into that community with us yet, renegadenewsletter.com. Don't miss out on that one. Tons of great stuff every month, new topics, deep dives, all that great stuff. But what I want you to walk away from this episode with today, you ready for this? Every path has two actions or two options. One is to take action, one is to not take action. Now from that, we have different subsets, right? What does taking action look like? There's 50 different things, right? <laughs> not taking action, hey, you just don't do anything, right? Sort of, there's also different levels of not doing something, not doing anything, not just doing one thing, you get the idea. But the bigger picture that I want you to really think about and take home today is measure twice, cut once. Where else can you apply that in your life? But in insulin, management, as I look at my own diabetes, I'm thinking, all right, I can't take away insulin that I've already bolused. I can add more. I can't 
wait less on my pre-bolus, but I can always wait more. There are certain actions that we take that you cannot go back on. It's important to know which ones those are so you know where to be bold and where to be cautious. All right. So I hope this one was helpful for you. For me, this is a big light bulb moment, but I would love to know in the comments, what has a light bulb moment looked like for you with your diabetes? And if this was a light bulb moment, I want you to type the word light bulb. I love seeing those in the comments on YouTube. Uh, and just let me know what you guys think about it. Honest feedback. These are really helpful for me to know where I can go with these episodes for you. So measure twice, cut once. Don't be aggressive in your cuts. Don't guess and then pay the price later. So I got for you guys today. If you're new here, again, my name is Matt Vandevecht. Uh, I live with type 1 diabetes. I help other people to stabilize and predict their blood sugars to get to that higher quality of life. Find the balance between happy and healthy. Uh, and if you have not yet, do subscribe. We put videos out at least once or twice a week. Lots of fun on here. And if you're new to the podcast, subscribe there as well. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Have a fantastic rest of your week and keep up the fight.